Welcome to The Barry Sack Show. Thanks for joining me on The Barry Sack Show. I'm Barry Cockroft, and I'll be hosting this podcast with guest saxophonists from around the world. Did you know that you can subscribe through your favourite podcast platform to get a new episode delivered automatically to you each week? Just click on the subscribe button in your podcast player. I'd love it if you could leave a comment for each episode, so maybe visit my website or leave a review on iTunes. For a summary of each episode, a transcript, show notes, and any links can all be found on each episode at barrysacks.com. Jean-Francois Gay studied at McGill University in Montreal and at the Conservatory of Bordeaux, France, where he received his gold medal under the direction of Jean-Marie Londex. He also holds a Master's in Performance from Laval University in Quebec. In 2000, Jean-Francois was the director of the 12th World Saxophone Congress held in Montreal, Canada. A specialist in contemporary music, he has commissioned numerous works for the saxophone. Jean-Francois is currently a professor of saxophone at the Cégep in Montreal and the University of Montreal. He is the founding member of the Nelligan Saxophone Quartet, which was formed in 1994 with the mandate to showcase the contemporary and classical repertoire for the saxophone. Please welcome my guest today, Canadian saxophonist Jean-François Gué. Et maintenant, en anglais. <laughs> ça va être en anglais, Barry, ou ça? Oui. OK, ça va? <laughs> yeah, it's OK. <laughs> First of all, Jean-François, thank you very much for joining me here in Colombia. OK, thanks for having me. It's an unusual place for an Australian and a Canadian <laughs> to meet, but great, fantastic. <laughs> and it's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you, and thanks for inviting me. Very, very nice of you. It's a long time since I've been familiar with your name, mm-hmm. because in 2000, uh, I went to the World Saxophone Congress in, in Montreal, Yeah, and you organized this. Yeah. No doubt, with, with help. Yeah. And since then, um, your name has always been in the back of my mind, and last year, I heard your students playing at the Sax Congress in Zagreb. Yeah. And we reconnected, which was nice. And I was very pleased when I heard that you were coming here to Colombia. Yeah. Because I've been wanting to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, again, thanks for having me, Barry. It's very nice. Uh, yeah, it's a long time ago that uh, that adventure, I would, say, I would say, with the World Congress in 2000. Um, for me, it was a big, big step for... Uh, uh, my career for uh, everything after that came. Uh, I was quite young at that time, organized to, to organize this congress because I had not much experience uh, in the saxophone world. But that was a, for me. It was an idea. I said, "Well, I have to do something," and uh, and uh, suddenly I said, "Well, why not a world congress?" So I did that, and well, the the whole organization. It's it's, it's it's something big. It's a big thing to organize. But after and going through all the the, the pain, I would say sometime, and all the, the fun, the joy of, of this thing. But after I was, uh, it helped me a lot. But I was so happy, I had, uh, m- much more confident, much more uh, you know people like uh, I knew uh, you and uh, other people. And uh, I don't know it. it, it, it it helped, and after I said, well, uh, I did that, and okay, I'm ready, uh, more ready for the saxophone world that uh, came after. Had you had some experience before that 
organizing smaller events and in this uh, arts organization idea where you can build an event. Had you done this before? Yeah, I did that before, uh, Barry, but it was, um, well, a smaller scale for sure. Uh, I, I was, I, I founded before the Congress uh, an association named L'Association des Saxophonistes du Québec. And uh, I did that before, and we organized, we invited people uh, to come uh, to, uh, in Montreal and give concert master class, but on a, a smaller scale, a smaller scale, I would say like a, uh, I don't know, two or three days conference that uh, we would uh, organize in Montreal, in Quebec City also, in Quebec, in uh, a few cities in Quebec. And we did that for a few years. We had a magazine for the Association des Saxophonistes du Québec, so we wrote articles and, uh, and uh, we did all of that, organizing things. And then after, that was the... the, the the big, well, one of the main goal, I would say, with this association to have uh, some big thing, and it came like this a bit. We said, well, okay, now it's the World Congress. So that, that was the, the, the experience we had before. So, Did you choose yourself to do the Congress, or were you encouraged and, and pushed, uh, <laughs> let's say, <laughs> to do it? Yeah, I wouldn't say push, but um, I was close to Mr. Londex at that time, uh, and we still, I, I'm close to him, and, uh, uh, but, and, and we, we, uh, we talked a lot at that time, and talking to him and said, well, uh, okay, him saying, well, you should do it, maybe, and uh, I think and I will help you, and uh, so uh, he, he helped us a lot. Uh, before, because we had to build a, a file, a dossier, and uh, so uh, we did that. And he, he pushed me a bit, and uh, uh, but, but with help. So it's not okay. Yeah, you can do it, and uh, and okay, now do it. But he said, well, you can do it, but I will uh, give you advice and everything. So we communicate, and it was uh, he was really helpful. It's a good thing that he was there. I've seen sometimes a congress can help to bring the different saxophone players from a town or a country together because it needs a lot of support. Um, did you find in Canada that it brought the Canadians together as, a, as an international event? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, it helped a lot. You, 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 we just saw a, a small example uh, during the Congress. Uh, the, the repertoire that was sold in the store, the, the, the saxophone music. Uh, there was not that much at that time for, the, the, for us, saxophone player. But with the Congress, uh, surely we asked us, the, 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 the store, to have more music, more saxophone music. And, uh, and uh, well, they, they, they order a lot of stuff from everywhere, a lot of new music. And it stayed in the, the in the store. So now we have a bigger choice. We have a much more music. It's a small example, but uh, it was important for us because uh, before oh, it was difficult. And uh, and I would say that for uh, every aspect, I would say um, technique, instruments, or uh, those kind of things, it was really helpful. But for sure, you know, Canada, it's a big country. 
And uh, well, it, it helped a lot to connect with people from British Columbia, which is really far from Quebec. And, uh, and now with the technology, it's easier. But at that time, uh, we had time to talk, to share things with people that we knew the name, but it was not, uh, we didn't know very much what uh, those people were doing. And at that time, it connected us. And then with all the uh, improvement in te technology, we stayed uh, connected. And, uh, Welcome knowing, to the Barry Sack Show. Thanks for joining me on the Barry Sack Show. I'm Barry Cockroft, and I'll be hosting this podcast with guest saxophonists from around the world. We will be exploring the stories behind these great musicians with telling insights into how they got started and the ongoing development of their careers. Thanks for being here on this adventure, and please subscribe for a new episode each week. The details of each episode, including a transcript, the show notes, and any links, can be found at barrysax.com. But... No, uh, there's no division. We, we try to uh, to do things together. We try to play music from uh, everywhere in the country. Uh, and uh, I would say uh, this Congress helped a lot for uh, for this. And uh, we share all the same thing. It's the same instrument. It's uh, it's not a big uh, big world. And uh, so we try to uh, to do things together. So, so it, it brought everybody together, and now you've stayed together. Yeah, for sure. It's good. Oh, yeah. We stayed together, and and I would say more connection with uh, with people that are far away physically. That that was not obvious before, but now it's uh, at least we, we we know and we do things together. You mentioned that it after the congress it helped you to develop your career. Was that from having made the connections and contacts with the saxophone players from around the world? Yeah, for sure, it helped a lot because uh, uh, I was saying uh, not far after the, the, the Congress, uh, uh, I, I wrote to about everybody uh, in the um, important in the saxophone world. So uh, uh, you can, I don't know, you wrote to someone and you can almost call him by his little name and uh, it's like a friend. It's, it's not... Uh, uh, you, you you met him, you talked to him, shake his hand, and everything. There's a proximity that uh, that uh, occurred. So uh, yeah, for that it was really uh, you you rise to someone, and okay, yeah, you you're the one who organized a congress in Montreal. So it's a lot easier. And what's it like? It's so busy, so many things to organize. What's it like afterwards when it kind of goes quiet? Yeah, that that's the hard part, uh, Barry. Uh, as much as I was uh, s saying to myself, when it will be over, I will be so happy. <laughs> it's, I, I, I will, okay, it's a, we, we had a, it, it was great, it, we had a success and everything, but the, the, the Monday morning after the last concert, I will be so happy that uh, it, it's finished. But, but no, it, it's the contrary. You, you, you're so busy for like three years, and you you uh, answer to mails uh, a lot every morning, and you have to do it because you cannot uh, wait. It is, you have too much to do. And that Monday morning after the Congress, you open your computer like you do for the, the previous three years, and no, <laughs> no email, nothing. It, it's like uh, it's like um, uh, you say that when someone dies, it's, uh, it's, it's 
euh, un deuil. In French, we say un deuil, or uh, 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 when you, you, une retraite, when you stop working, it's uh, nothing is happening. Okay, so uh, it seems like now you, you, it's not kind of a depression, but it's like, well, now I'm useless a bit, nobody writes me. <laughs> and it, it, that, that feeling, it, it, and it lasted a few, few weeks, I would say, yeah. Okay, maybe for the people listening, I'm sure you've got some suggestions on how they could find money to organize events. Yeah. Because the expense and cost of organizing a big congress must be enormous and you, you need money from different places. Yeah. Have you got any suggestions for people organizing their own events in their countries of yeah. ways to get money and participation from you know groups and orchestras and things? Yeah, uh, for sure in Canada, Uh, we're lucky because we have a, a great uh, grant uh, program, so uh, it, it, we can. Uh, I was I would not not say it's easy, but you can have money from uh, for project. Uh, and I say that, and for the Congress, it's not true because we had uh, not much money from the government because it was not. Um, Uh, there, there was uh, they don't uh, there, there was reason, but we didn't receive that much money. But still, we had some. But in Canada, with the government, it's possible to have uh, money to uh, to uh, for, for for events that we organize. Um, I work a lot with. Uh, I'm a Yamaha artist, and I work with Yamaha uh, Canada, and they they when we need uh, money to organize things, they help us, and uh, uh, I work. Uh, a lot with um, Dadario uh, and companies like that, uh, stores in Montreal. The, 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 so we have to, it's for sure it's business for them. So you, they, they give you things and you, you, you give back, but uh, that's the way it works. But that, that's the way I do it in, in Canada with uh, all those things together. I would say like that, you can manage to have uh, enough money, I would say, to organize what you, uh, you want to do. How do you get a symphony orchestra? To play for, you know, a concert or not? Uh, that's I would say sometime in Canada. That's the weak part. It's a, we don't have much concerto played, uh, saxophone concerto played in uh, in Canada. Uh, sometimes, but it's not very often, and that that that's a shame a bit. Uh, Uh, because we have a lot of great pieces that could uh, be uh, included in uh, in uh, programmation. But uh, me, what I do a lot, it's playing with with band, wind band. That's uh, easier to to. I don't know the repertoire, maybe the the, the type of repertoire that they're used to play. Uh, Uh, when we have a saxophone work, maybe it fits more in their programmation, in their repertoire. But me, that's what I do more, playing with a wind band, uh, with orchestra. Uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's a bit difficult, you know, like a Montreal Symphony, well, it's a big symphony, it's a, to, to have... Uh, uh, they played Debussy Rhapsody, but it was like... Uh, six years ago and that's that's about it so uh, uh, it's not easy that's a that's a hard part for for us in canada i would say in quebec this is called the mso right yeah MSO. because in australia we have the mso the melbourne symphony okay. orchestra okay i remember walking into the concert hall saying mso oh yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm at home yeah <laughs> now i'm sure there's other things to explore there 
But let's go back a little bit in time. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me how you got started with the saxophone or with music when you were just starting out? Yeah. Uh, me, it's a, it's, it's a fun story because I started in high school, like most uh, of the students, I would say. Um, but I started on tuba. And, uh, <laughs> and in fact, a bit before, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good story, but I wanted to do something uh, uh, outside of uh, class hours. So it's like uh, activity at night. And uh, I started to do, uh, uh, it was like when you build plane, you know, in little planes. And uh, because I, I wanted to do something else than uh, school. And suddenly someone arrived and said, well, there's music, uh, there's, there is a music program also at the, the same time as your playing uh, activity. So I said, well, I go there, okay, I want to, to, to do music. And I started on tuba, that was the only instrument that, uh, that was left. And I played that for like, uh, not long, maybe a month. But uh, the, the teacher never gave me fingerings or anything. So I was blowing uh, nothing and I didn't know how to play. And suddenly the same guy who I, I saw previously said, well, the guy, uh, one of the guy playing saxophone is quitting and okay, yeah, we'll play saxophone. And then it started like that. And I played saxophone and uh, I had a private lesson. I was young, like 12 years old in high school. And, um, and uh, so I had left saxophone lesson and I started to play music that I liked. And it, it came, I, it came quite fast. And uh, playing with band, I'm, I'm from a little, a very, very small city in, in Quebec, in Canada, and I play with a band over there. And it started like this with the university and uh, all the, 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 the things that comes after. Could you perhaps describe the different teaching styles that you encountered uh, when you were a student? I know we share one teacher in common, but go back a bit further. What, what was the difference in the teachers that you had on your journey through as a student? Yeah. Uh, well, in high school, uh, I was lucky because uh, in Quebec, in Canada, uh, it's a high school teacher that teaches all the instruments. So he, he's not very specialized in, in one. But my teacher was a saxophonist. So it helped me. Uh, so uh, I learned quite a bit with him, uh, on, like until 16 years old. And then I went to Cégep. In, uh, Canada, in Quebec, we have Cégep. It's between high school and uh, university. So in Cégep, I had a teacher that uh, came from uh, France and uh, really uh, well, uh, well uh, built, I would say, had a great, uh, great time uh, there studying with Marcel Mull and uh, so uh, very well trained. So I studied with him with, with rigor and uh, it was uh, very serious. So it was good in Cégep. So I had to, I had to have this. And what was his name? Uh, Rémi Ménard, yeah, maybe you know him, it's, he, he died uh, like 10 years ago uh, uh, prematurely, and um, so uh, Rémi Ménard, and then I went to McGill University with uh, Abe Kestenberg, who, who was playing with, uh, maybe you know Gerald Danovich, he was teaching at uh, McGill University, he had a quartet that played quite a bit, uh, and uh, Abe was uh, the tenor player. And Abe was, was totally the opposite. Abe, it was uh, like, hey, you sound fantastic. It's great. And uh, I arrive at my lesson and you play something. And uh, oh, no, it's not uh, me. I was say it's not very good. And I had problem with, no, no, you're great. You're going to play uh, later. And I was say, uh, well, 
there must be something that is not great and but very encouraging and i was happy for that because uh, well, it gave me a bit of confidence and then after i said well maybe i can do it and uh, and uh, and after that i went i went with uh, monsieur londex uh, jean-marie londex and then i i I went back a bit when I was studying with Monsieur Menard with the, the, the French tradition and everything. It was uh, it was not like you sound fantastic. It's uh, so and that was good also for me because before it's uh, there's thing that I had to, to to do and it was a very good training with uh, Mr. Landex. That was uh, for me a great experience. And then I came back in Quebec and I did uh, my master over there. Again with Mr. Rémi Mena, and uh, and I work with him again on uh, different uh, pieces with the same approach a bit as uh, Mr. Landex, and uh, and then I did also at University de Montréal, Montreal University uh, things on the contemporary music uh, uh, with Lorraine Vaillancourt, uh, who uh, conducts uh, the NEM Nouvel Ensemble Moderne, and I did things uh, in chamber music uh, at the University of Montreal. So I did that and then I started uh, a career. <laughs> I'm curious because you've had the the encouraging style of teaching and also the, let's say, I need to think of a good word, but I'll say a critical style of teaching Yeah. Um, where perhaps <clears throat> instead of the best things you're doing being shown to you, it's the worst things that you need to work on. Yeah. How do you go or how did you go psychologically dealing with the the criticisms and the suggestions, the yeah. polite suggestions. <laughs> I would say at that time, uh, Barry, uh, I needed that because it came at, the, at a, a good moment because even when I was at McGill with a, with, who is a, a great uh, person and uh, very good for me, I, I studied with a guy, maybe, you know, Martin Fournier, who was uh, a former student of Mr. Landex. And um, I studied a bit with him because I, uh, that, was, that was it. I said, well, I must not be that great. And maybe there's things that, uh, uh, I don't know. I, and I studied with Martin and I discovered a bit again what I had before with Mr. Menard, a bit more critical and uh, more technical sometimes, but I needed that. And then when I went with Mr. Landex, that was, uh, again, a good, uh, a good uh, I don't know, uh, well, uh, I remember that was really funny. It's <laughs> when I sent, at that time, it was a tape that you sent to, to, to be accepted. And I sent that to Mr. Landex and I did the recording and I, listen, I was listening of my recording. So it's so bad, and I, I I don't want to send that. He won't. He's gonna hear this, and it's really bad. And I remember I had the tape, put it in the envelope, and give it to the post guy, and I said, "Well, my career is is over. <laughs> it's really bad." And Mr. Landex wrote me, and he said, "Well, it's okay. You're accepted, but he said you, you have to work on la justesse, but like with five exclamation point." And I said, "Okay, but at least I'm accepted." But uh, the, and then he wrote everything that I had to work so on. Already some criticism. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, already. And then when I uh, arrived there, but it, like I said, it was good, uh, good uh, experience. It was it was important for me at that time because. Uh, I had a lot to work on. You know, I sent one of those tapes and he wrote back and he said, thank you for the tape. Your piece is too easy. I can't tell if you can play. 
<laughs> I know that's difficult. Uh, I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry, it's the hardest piece I can play at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, but it was, uh, for me, it was, uh, it was necessary. When you were a student, no doubt you practiced many hours every day to master the saxophone. How do you describe the difference between the way that you practice now compared to the way that you practice when you were a student? Yeah, uh, I would say now, but it's the the the, fam the the my life context is different. It's uh, now I have a family, uh, so uh, I try to practice like uh, two hours a day. Uh, mostly I can, uh, but it's like uh, it's not like two hours. It will be like okay, I have twenty minutes. So you, you take it, and uh, you have uh, fifteen minutes. I don't know, but you do it like that, and at the end of the day. Uh, you play for a few hours, um, but now well, you have more experience. You know, uh, maybe get more to the point. Practice really what you need to do. Uh, you have things that you learned before that uh, that, that, that stays in you that uh, you 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 not really have to work on very much. But uh, um, that's it. You, you you have to be efficient. That's what I do. I use that time very efficiently. Uh, uh, no waste of time. Uh, it's really uh, get to the point, and and it's manageable like this to have uh, all the all the other stuff. But you, you know, you, you have uh, small children. Uh, you have to be there also. You have uh, so. Um, but before, uh, when you were a student, uh, that, that's your life. It's. Uh, you, you, you arrive at the school, you sit in the room, but you have a few, you have classes, but uh, other than that, uh, you sit in the room and you stay there for, uh, for a long time. Uh, even at night, uh, you can say so. I would say, sometime thinking about it, maybe at that time, I, at that time, I was not that efficient <laughs> because, yeah, I have a lot of time, so I can, so you do, uh, maybe you're less focused or, uh, uh, but, but, uh, you, you you talk to okay to your to your colleagues uh, how many hours you practice today okay I did six oh yeah I did seven oh, you're better than me and uh, and uh, but it's not the, the the way it works I think but uh, at that time if you're efficient you don't maybe need to do it, uh, that much hours but today I don't have the choice it's, uh, but you have to play if I don't practice for uh, two weeks uh, it's not very good is there something that you do in your practice something something efficient that you would recommend other people do yeah i i always keep i would say uh, barry i have at least 45 minutes of pure technique i, I always did that uh pure technique to to uh I don't know uh, to 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 be able to uh, have any any challenge that uh, you you have to to do any piece that you have to to practice. So technique uh, scale, sound, uh, uh, intonation, and thing like that. Just just to be a good uh, good saxophonist technically, and then I work on the the repertoire that I I have to uh, to practice. And uh, does memorization form part of your practice and? And then following on from that, do you perform from memory when you perform in public? Yeah, sometimes I do it. Uh, yeah, I perform uh, uh, with uh, memory. Uh, but uh, when I practice, I do it quite a lot, uh, Barry. When I, I, I learn, uh, well, I have to wor work on the technical aspect. Uh, I, I learn it by memory to repeat it. And uh, uh, I do that. Um, 
I would say when I play like, um, uh, well, there's pieces that I, I didn't have the choice because there was specialization and things like that. So you have to, to, to learn uh, uh, by memory. Um, I would say it's half and half. I'm not... I'm not that comfortable playing with memory. I, I manage to do it, but I'm I'm not that, that comfortable. Uh, but when I have to do it, I do it. But working when when I practice, I what I have to practice technically. Uh, well, for sure the scales I we don't read them, but it's a passage and a piece, so I I learn it by memory and I repeat it. It's funny because my. My my uh, small story. My my girls they play piano and they play everything by memory. I'm so impressed by uh, <laughs> what they do. It's so impressive. You've been playing for a long time. Is there something that you have done to avoid injury and to make sure that you stay healthy so that you can keep playing f for years and years? Yeah, uh, yeah. I did that, and especially like uh, the last three four years. Uh, first, I eat better. I, I lost uh, quite a, a lot of, of weight. Uh, and I train, I do uh, like a muscle training a bit uh, because, uh, and I always did sport. I like sport a lot. And I uh, always did that uh, playing, I don't know, badminton or running, uh, cycling. And the last four years, I, I do more of a muscular things to, to build the, the, the muscle. And it's funny you ask me that because like the last month, I have like a tendonitis or something in the arm. And it does, that's about the first time that it happened in my, in my life. I never had that before. And it's really, it's... I don't know. Uh, it's, it's okay. I can play, but it's, it's sometimes it, it hurts a bit. But uh, I feel uh, maybe a bit lucky. It didn't happen. Not, nothing happened before. And I think this is very important to be uh, LT to do sports. To uh, they, they do that at school. They 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 do an emphasize on it, and it's really important to uh, to be in shape and, it, and to eat well and. Uh, uh, it's important for me and it's a good thing. Let's go back a little bit again to the start of your career. Did you have a plan or did you follow each opportunity bit by bit and it evolved very organically? Okay. I, I would say it more, it, it developed uh, like this. It, 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 there was opportunity, like I said to my students, maybe not, it's maybe not the best, but I said, when I started, I said yes to everything. Someone calls me to, <laughs> to do something, no problem. In fact, with my colleagues from the quartet, we were talking about experience, previous experience, and there's funny things. But I, I said, well, it's, I said yes to everything. So it opened up things, something that were not very good, but something, okay, and it gives you other opportunities. And uh, um, I, I had uh, maybe not a plan, but goals that I set, uh, that, that I said, well, at that time in my life, I would like to be there. I would like to, to, to do that. Uh, and, and the way for me to do it, it was like to, 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 to practice, uh, 
les répertoires, euh, like I said, say yes to, uh, uh, I live in Montreal, someone told me, uh, well, can you come in Quebec City, there's a contemporary festival going on, uh, can you play? Uh, okay, I, I will be there, so two hour drive and you play 15 minutes and you come back after the, those kind of things. And I said, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it will, uh, and, and yes, it, it, it helped for other things and, uh, and that's the thing, but sometimes it's, it's If you want to to live um, maybe sometime more normally, you won't you won't say yes to those things. But uh, that that was my uh, the way I I did I did when I was uh, I started. So I wanted to play. Do you think saying yes to an opportunity then gave you more opportunities through that? Yeah, I think so. The, yeah, I, for me it, it did that. And I believe a lot in this uh, to to uh, say yes. And after you did the thing, you can say, well, uh, I, maybe I won't do that uh, another time, or, or this will uh, no, there, there there's nothing. But uh, I, I I always say to to myself and to my student, try it, and then <laughs> you'll see you'll you'll be able to make a, a decision. Uh, so uh, that's what I did. And often it, uh, you meet people and, uh, and some things happen. Actually, that's another question is, do you think by meeting people, that's one of the things that leads to further opportunity? Not just the way that you play, but also the way that you interact with other people. Yeah, I think that's the thing I learned uh, when I was at McGill with my teacher who was really positive. Uh, that's a, an important thing he told me. He said, well, you have to be, to be a professional musician. You have to play well, but you have to be uh, nice with people. You have to uh, act like a nice person. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, yeah, this is very important. You go, you play, uh, you have to be, uh, uh, you can be the best player and be like uh, you're not a person that you want to be with. And it's not good. You have to... And this I try. I, I'm always uh, try to be positive, uh, to be ready, and uh, to be uh, nice with people. And it's important, I think. How important has the recording process, albums, recording at home for yourself, how important has that been both for your development but also for your career? Yeah, uh, for my development, it's for sure. It's uh, I think the, the recording is your best teacher. Sometimes uh, you you hear a lot. Uh, I, I always have a, a little recorder, a very small that I can when I can uh, I, I record me uh, what I do um, and recording CDs. Uh, first, I think it's a great experience because it's uh, well just a ball. Okay, you, you play the CD, you play your piece, you, have, uh, you can play as much as you want and uh, it's going to be okay with the, the montage editing. But it's such, uh, so sometimes it's so stressful and it's, it's, it's a great experience. I remember the first CD we did with the quartet, uh, it was, uh, we were very uh, ready and it, it went really well, but sometimes it's a bit uh, stressful. But it, It's like uh, you, 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 you're so proud of yourself and you're so proud of the product. And, uh, and I think this process is important. When I teach also my students, I always, uh, I always try to organize a session or something to, to play. You play, okay, you have to play in front of people. It's, 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 it's important. That's your job maybe later. 
but to record to to play with a mic over you it's it's another another uh, another feeling and it, it's important to 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 do all of those things i think i did a recording recently and as soon as i saw the microphone i could not play anything yeah yeah it had been a long time since i'd done sort of that formal studio recording and i was really surprised but I'm comfortable playing in front of people. Yeah. But now I'm falling apart in front of a microphone. Oh, yeah. It's so, uh, you know, uh, uh, we did that with the MSO, uh, like uh, a recording with, uh, there was saxophone playing and it was a tough part and, uh, on tenor. And you, you, you know, boy, the, 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 they follow you with the score and everything and you're, you're okay. And you don't have much time, especially when you do it uh, with the, the orchestra. And uh, yeah, it was so stressful and the, 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 the I don't know, well, say, okay, uh, it's, it's rolling and, uh, and you start playing, it's so stressful. It's, it's a, uh, I don't know, they, they, they hear everything and it has to be perfect and uh, it's not easy. And of play. course, there's no way to edit because everybody's playing together. Yeah. And I remember one time, I think it was with orchestra recording, they asked the whole orchestra, Okay, it sounded okay, but did anyone make a mistake? <laughs> and you had to put your hand up if, you know, maybe you could do it better or different. Or, yeah. Uh, and no, no one really wants to put their hand up. But at the same time, if you don't, it means it's in the recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, uh... Is there something else that you do besides playing music that forms part of your career? Uh, me, personally, I like a lot of things. That, that's, I think it's... it's uh, richesse, it's a richness a bit that you are interested in a lot of things. But sometimes I, I said, well, if you would be more focused, maybe on, it, maybe it would, it would be better like music, maybe, I don't know. But um, I do, like I said, I, I do a lot of uh, sports. So I'm, uh, I like a lot of sports. Uh, uh, so I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm uh, in charge, not in charge, but you know, I do badminton, but I'm the one who is the, 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 the coach and things like that. So I, I do sports at uh, some sports at quite a high level. And that is uh, important for me. So I have uh, music, I have this, all the sports thing. And um, what I do also, uh, well, I like wine, and uh, so I have an interest. I noticed. <laughs> I have an interest in. Uh, I'm interested in wine, but uh, but I like you say. Uh, you see, uh, I don't know. I, I like everything. I, I I'm interested. I read. I uh, so that's maybe sometimes I say. Well, that's maybe a weak part that I don't focus that much. I don't know. If you had to choose between living more or practicing more, which one would you advise? I think I think a balance is better. Donc, I would say living more uh, because, uh, uh, well, well uh, uh, maybe an example when I was studying in France, uh, bon, uh, even Monsieur Londex uh, s s said to us, "Well, go visit, go see things." Uh, we yes practice and spend time uh, learning what you have to learn but uh, also manage your time so that you have time to 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 see uh, you, you maybe you won't come back here uh, uh, so uh, and uh, i would say uh, this you you have to 
to to uh, to take the opportunities is if you uh, uh, okay you have to to practice to be prepared to to for something a performance or something but beside that uh, I think it's, it's it's more for the person to know things and uh, and uh, to to I don't know I would be I would say living more <laughs> that I remember one thing that really surprised me with Londex was he would be so strict and critical and let's say professional he was doing his job yeah but afterwards once a week we'd go out for dinner we drink some wine we tell stories no one talks about music mm. it's completely different yeah. and i found that the was a huge extreme difference between being in a lesson yeah and then sitting down socially yeah and it took me a long time to be able to reconcile those two things to understand that it's okay to criticize someone's music because it means you're not criticizing that person yeah for me maybe in australia in general if you criticize someone's music people take it very personally and it's difficult to separate the two things but if you can't separate them it's very difficult to progress and i think for me it was a very valuable lesson to see someone who could be so professional but at the same time be so good at then turning off relaxing and having a good time yeah uh, yeah i think it's important that that i i learned the same lesson and i, I saw the, the the same thing barry the, the if we talk about monsieur londex the monsieur londex in the lesson or the professional aspect which was which was really strict and also when we uh, he invited us at this place to to drink wine and uh, talk and it, it it was completely the opposite and i think it's uh, it's important this to to to, uh, to to separate those things when you have to be professional you're professional you do your thing and you do it uh, the, the, like a, a pro would and then after it's, it's, it's something else and uh, i think it's important i think we've talked about your student days Shortly afterwards, you became a teacher. Yeah, and you're still a teacher. Mm-hmm. You teach at two schools, right? Yeah. Could you could you describe to us your typical teaching day? First, I teach uh, I teach two levels, like uh, Cégep, which is before like a college, I would would say, and at l'Université de Montréal. So I teach in uh, Cégep Marie Victorin and l'Université de Montréal. Um, two places. The two places are very different, I would say. Uh, at Cégep, I teach saxophone, uh, saxophone ensemble, uh, quartet, and things like that. But I also teach, and this I uh, enjoy it uh, a lot, I teach uh, uh, music history. Uh, so uh, like uh, 20th century uh, mostly. So uh, this is uh, very interesting. So I do that. So uh, uh, a typical journey, first I arrive and I start try to practice a bit so i try to arrive early sometimes it's not easy to uh, for when you drive but uh, i try to arrive early practice and then uh, meet students and it depends on the schedule if i have a class or uh, like uh, for the history class but i uh, i practice meet students uh, quartet or uh, other things and then uh, if i have a, a class uh, i prepare i read a lot of things uh, before the class for sure but uh, at other places and then each time like i said each time i have a, a moment it's the saxophone is always with me it's it's, it's always on me and as i and I, i practice i go in my office and i practice and uh, it, it, 
it's it's like that. It's practice, uh, prepare for the class a bit, uh, give the class, uh, and then practice again. It, it's it's like this. And when I arrive at night at uh, my place, well, it's something else with the family, and I don't want to pick my sacks uh, at uh, eight at night. <laughs> practice. It's uh, it's. Uh, I want to stay with them. Uh, at university, I only do uh, private uh, teaching. It's the same. I arrive uh, early, practice, and then uh, see the students, and then uh, depends on what is the schedule. Uh, I go back, uh, uh, go back home, or I stay, or I practice there. And uh, I noticed that you've been traveling quite a bit. Yeah. How does that fit in with your schedule, with your teaching jobs? Are they uh, flexible to allow you to travel? Do they encourage you to travel? Or is it a battle each time? No, the, I, I'm happy uh, for this, uh, Barry, because it's uh, when I, I need to travel, it's quite easy, uh, I would say. Uh, you have to tell them, for sure. Uh, I leave, you have to ask officially that uh, I won't be there for a week, let's say. But if you do that, uh, you write uh, something and uh, no problem. Uh, it, it never, uh, it always worked for me. So we organize things, we organize the, the classes and everything, but it works. So that, that part, I'm really, uh, really happy. It's uh, quite easy. It sounds like classical saxophone has been in Canada for a long time. Is there a difference now for the students compared to when you were a student? I would say now the students, um, they do more... Uh, when I was a student, it was like uh, in Quebec, especially, it was the French tradition. So we, we uh, you want to be a classical saxophonist, uh, okay, you have to find a pianist and uh, play the repertoire uh, <laughs> that we learned. Uh, uh, and it, it's a, a funny thing, not playing that much music from uh, Quebec. And, and it was, uh, uh, I don't know, there was not much music, but, uh, and wh when I... I started to, to, to be a professional. I tried to you ask people to write music, at least to play uh, Quebec music, uh, Canadian music. Um, I would say at that time, that was a bit like this. It, and maybe that's why you, you, you say, uh, well, I'm going to be a classical saxophonist. And well, you won't do anything. You don't play jazz. You don't do, uh, I don't know. So you, uh, no, no, I want to be a classical, a classical saxophonist. But yeah, but you won't earn a living playing des and <laughs> things like this. Well, I don't know. And uh, today, I would say that that, that part of uh, uh, connecting with composer, with the young saxophonists in Quebec, they're really into that and playing with in the, the uh, venues that are not uh, usual that I did when I was uh, what I did before. Uh, they are more, much more open, so they find thing, find place. Uh, and, and me, I, I'm because I did that a bit, but not as much as they do today. I try to stay like like you saw with the ensemble in Zagreb. Those are the, the people; that, they are my, my students, and I I try to play with them to do a bit what they do because uh, it's fun. It's fun to be to be with them and to 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 do this that I didn't do before, and it's 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 something else. But I would say this uh, today they're. Uh, be more entrepreneur they, 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 and they find ways to, to, to do something and they manage to, uh, to, to play, to teach and they, 
you do things, yeah. You're very well known for your love of contemporary music and your development of contemporary music from, from when you really started out. Mm-hmm. I heard you play two days ago a beautiful concert with your saxophone quartet mm-hmm. and you played an Orbach concert. Yeah. How much, how many different styles of music do you play in general? Do you have a focus on contemporary music? Do you balance? What, what's your preference? Uh, I, I no, I, I don't focus on contemporary music. Uh, uh, I try to find for me what I think it's good music, uh, and uh, uh, I try to play anything. Um, uh, we play back. Uh, we re- recorded it. Uh, we played it uh, quite a few times, and. When you play that music, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's not only m- the music. Uh, for me, it's, uh, it's an experience. It's something else. It's, it's, it's great, uh, great music. And uh, maybe sometime in our music, we say, well, that's maybe the, the weak part a bit, uh, the music that is at that level. Uh, it may be not as easy to find, but when you play that mu- that kind of music, the back or... Uh, it's, it's, as a musician, you, 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 I don't know, there, there's a lot of things uh, emotionally or musically or uh, anything uh, spiritually uh, that uh, comes from, from there. So I try to, to uh, I like music a lot. So any kind of music, uh, I, I try to find music that I like, that I would like to play, that I think is good music. And I would say my range is quite wide. And uh, I listen to a lot of music, a uh, uh, lot of different formations. And uh, so I, I, I want to play still. If there's a thing that I, uh, I, I could appreciate now, like, I, I, li- I like to play uh, still. Uh, I'm now 54 years old. And uh, so you say, well, maybe it's a, a bit of a decline. But no, it's, it's, I like to play uh, music and uh, and yeah, that's uh, I, I like con- contemporary. I, I did a lot of this. I still do it, but uh, there's uh, other music that uh, I really enjoyed. One thing I was particularly impressed with was at the end of each movement that you played, you have the final chord each time. Every time is perfectly in tune. I'm a little curious how how your quartet manage this? Is there a, an approach that you take to work on the intonation? Yeah, we work on the intonation. We work on, on sound also to try to have a, a blend. Uh, we did a work, uh, thinking about it after, we did that work that was really technical, I would say, to make sure that uh, every chord and, uh, has to be in tune. Uh, but now that work has been done and I think there's good roots, I would say, for this, so it's, it, the pitch, it's usually not too bad. But now we try to think about it like it's written like a contrapoint, contrapuntal music, which every line is melodically interesting, and it's not like the verticality of the thing is so important, even if we worked on that. But now we have that approach that we think melodically each line more, but that work has been done before for pitch and things like this. Like this. So it's, uh, it, it, it falls uh, well for the pitch. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's a reflex, I think, that uh, we arrive on certain 
so, so the intonation has been a, a fundamental technique early on, which then stays with you as something you can draw upon like scales. Yeah, I think for me, intonation is a quality of the sound. You can have a good sound, but if you don't play in tune, for me, it's not a good sound. It's a, it's a part of, of the sound. Uh, so intonation is very important. And, and it's complex uh, intonation, but you know it very well. It's, it's complex and it's... Uh, it's important, and especially that music, it's all uh, it's tonal, uh, it's, it's chords, uh, minor, major chord, uh, dominant, uh, that kind of uh, harmony. So uh, when it's out of tune, it's, it shows uh, a lot. So you have to do this, but the being, if we talk about the art of you, being very complex, uh, complex line that are uh, together, that melodic aspect is uh, very important also. You've had your quartet for a number of years. Was it 94? Oh, well, ah, yeah, 94. 94. A That's a while. Yeah. I, I imagine you've had some different members at times. How important has the quartet as a chamber ensemble been to you as, a, as an outlet for music? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite important because we, I spent uh, 20 something years uh, playing. Um, I like being with people, <laughs> so uh, they are my friends, and uh, so it's fun to 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 be with people, uh, play music together, uh, talk. I don't know, so it's an important, very important part musically for sure. Socially, I would say we, you 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 create uh, links be, be, be between the people. Um, so it's been important. We, we had great project uh, with the quartet. We traveled a lot. We did a lot of things. And uh, during the year, we changed personnel for quite a few times. But, uh, but we stayed with the same mentality. It's, even with the new people were coming, it's, uh, okay, uh, we fit together also like uh, persons and, uh, and musically, and, and it's important. And I, I, I notice when you get older, I don't know, you say, I think I like being with people. So play with a quartet, that's uh, very good. Now, part of the aspect of contemporary music is working with composers. How important has it been to really work side by side with composers creating original music? Mm -hmm. uh, me, I had a, a privilege because uh, uh, I worked a lot with, maybe you know, but you know Robert Lemay, maybe, um, Canadian composer. Uh, we met early, I was uh, beginning of my career, and it was important uh, because at that time, um, but what I was doing is playing what I learned before, I would say, and that was a new part for me. So I met Robert and we start working on things together. We, we, and it's funny because we traveled together, we did all kinds of things uh, together. And, but working with him, that was my first uh, really uh, important uh, collaboration with a composer, really, uh, uh, okay, if I write that, is it okay? Uh, is it, can do it, it's possible. Uh, and he made me uh, do things musically that I would not imagine uh, that I could do. And also, uh, uh, because his, the theatrical aspect is very important in his music, and do things on the stage that I never thought I would do, uh, Barry. And it, it, 
to do that. I was uh, happy to do it, but before it was, no, 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 I'm not doing that. It's, uh, but you do it and okay, yeah, I can do that. And then it opens up uh, things. So that was a, uh, important collab collaboration at the beginning, at the beginning, yes. And then it lasted, it lasted for a few, quite a, a while. Uh, and then uh, I met for sure other people that uh, we worked together and I had that, that background, uh, that uh, the really open background. Okay, I say uh, sometimes a funny story. I say, well, sometimes I feel like the kamikaze of the, <laughs> of the saxophone. Okay, the guy say, okay, or the girl. Well, can you do that and uh, do uh, funny things? And okay, no problem. I did that before, and uh, so uh, that, it, it it opened up the the, the thing uh, when uh, when I met other people. Okay, I'll do it, and uh, I'll try to to do that uh, the best I can, and uh, with no boundaries. Saying, oh no, I'm not uh, doing that, and uh, and at the beginning with Robert, that that was important. Yeah. Would you say that the Composer extends the performer, or the performer extends the composer. Well, I say it's it's a bit of both. For me, it depends when it happened. Mm. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I would say the composer extended what what, uh, what I could do saxophonistically or uh, otherwise. Um, uh, then it depends on the the, the 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 collaboration or the the person. Maybe uh, uh, you, you you I would say I would extend in some ways where the composer maybe is not really used to write for the instrument or how it, how it works. But I would say well I try to at least he knows more the saxophone if we work together. So me it was I would say it was it, it was both. It was really. Uh, um, with Robert, maybe because I was young and I didn't know very much uh, things, so I said, well, uh, what I had to do it was completely uh, something else. So I think it extended me uh, quite a lot. Have you seen or can you think of a quality in any piece of music that can help it to endure? Because some pieces we play once and we never touch again. Mm -hmm. Other pieces become part of our repertoire and they start getting played more and more. Mm -hmm. Have you seen anything in common that that could help a piece to be embraced by many players? Yeah. Uh, I think um, but it, 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 if the piece, first it has to be, uh, I think, well written. We can, I think, uh, see, uh, okay, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, uh, there's a few ideas, but they're well developed and we sense that there's a, it's a like uh, there's a, how we say that, that there's a plan. I don't know, there's a structure or something. For me, it's important to have a, a structure, but um, I think if the piece, it has to be played by people. Uh, so if people plays the piece, I think that's a very good uh, good uh, sign that it's a good piece. Uh, so I think that's the important thing when you the, the piece. Uh, uh, I don't know popular music. Everybody can sing it uh, and it it plays everywhere. I think uh, maybe not writing popular music or maybe I don't know, but. If the piece is played, then it's played uh, all over the world. I think it's, I think it's good music. It's and have you yourself been involved in composition? Not that much. A little. I, I'm. Uh, I did some arrangement. Mm -hmm. I do improvisation. 
So uh, and I like I like it very much. So I do uh, I do it uh, myself. I do it uh, in performance. I do it with students. I started uh, at the Cégep uh, improvisation class. So uh, we do that, and I like it very much. That's maybe the nearest of the <laughs> composition part. I would say that I did that I do, uh, but it's very very interesting. I did some arrangements, but. Um, I don't know, it, it doesn't, uh, I don't have that much interest uh, in doing that. And when I do it, I listen to what I, ro I write and it's not very good. And I say, uh, uh, well, maybe ask someone who is good at <laughs> doing it and I'll play it. Now I've got some rapid fire questions. They're a short question with perhaps a short answer. Is there something that you believe that other people disagree with? Well, repertoire, sometimes, or, or concept, uh, yeah. Any particular concept? But I would say repertoire. Mm. Sometimes uh, the, the, there's a, I don't know, there's different, the, the different things about what you should play or what you should not play, and uh, two things that are good, but this, uh, you shouldn't play that. And uh, I, I saw that, I see that. And are you okay with, uh, let's say, presenting repertoire that other people might? say you shouldn't be playing this yeah i'm okay yeah. that's your i yeah, guess yeah, that's yeah. your mission <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we talk if i can take a few seconds we talk about art of fugue when we did we did that if, uh, why you do that and uh, was that pressure or criticism coming from the saxophone community or the wider musical community i would say the more, more mostly the saxophone community the the wider community we had the Great critique, so <laughs> I would say. You know, I always think it's funny because on one hand, people say the saxophone is a young instrument, but at the same time, many people cling to tradition. So you have to play something this way and that way, and it, it seems ridiculous because we don't have this deep, deep history that some instruments have. Mm -hmm. And to, to suddenly say that we have to play in a certain way or we can't do this music or that music, it seems strange to me. Yeah. Because we're still developing. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and that's the important, I think, me, it's important to try things and to play things uh, that we think are valuable. Now, if you just had one piece of music to play from now on, which piece would that be? I would say Creston Sonata. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny because that's the, when I started playing saxophone, that's the first piece I, and I was, uh, I heard Mr. Londex practicing it. I was really young. And, uh, and it, it, it it, this piece gave me the, 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 not the taste, but it, gives, it, it said, well, you, you, you should play saxophone and play that kind of music. And, and that's why I say that. Uh, there's other pieces, but this, it, it, me marqué, it's, uh, I'm sorry. It's touched you in some yeah. way that now is with you forever. Yeah. Yeah. If you just had one hour to practice, what would you do? I always do technique. Yeah. Uh, I would say mostly technical and then maybe a bit of what uh, certain passages on pieces. You've talked about Mr. Londex a lot. Who would you consider to be one of the most successful contributors to the world of saxophone? Oh, uh, all the, the, the great uh, saxophonists like uh, Mr. Delangle, Tour Delangle, uh, um, 
Uh, I don't know, United States, uh, Mr. Rousseau, uh, uh, Donald Sinta, uh, those people are, for me, when I was young, those are, were the great and still are the, the great uh, saxophonists. Is there a quality they have, not just their great playing, but is there something else that they do that helps contribute to our community? Yeah, they, they, first, we, yeah, they play well. They, they are uh, good people. Uh, they manage their career well, I think. They do uh, like the business side of the of the, the show business. They, they, they do it uh, well. Um, and uh, they, 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 I don't know, they, they, they do the right things. Uh, for me, uh, they, 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 those people, they do the right things, what you have to do. If we make mistakes, is it okay to make mistakes? Some people, I say, well, it's okay, you, you, but in certain circumstances, maybe it's not that good, but I, I think you have to accept that we're not uh, machines and that can happen. <laughs> are you okay if, if something goes wrong in a performance? Are you okay with that, you know, afterwards? It depends on what, how went the performance generally. If the, the, the I don't know, the mood was good and we had the music lead was uh, intense. I don't know, there was uh, uh, the bigger part of it was good. If there's a few things that happen, it's okay. But but when there's like a feeling, you, you finish to play the piece and it's like this. And if there's mistakes also, it's it's so-so. But if you you say, well, no, it, it was, uh, I don't know, there something happened, well, a few notes, but it's, it's okay. Do you have any advice on focusing on the positive aspects of a performance instead of the small negative things? Yeah, for uh, me, uh, yeah, I, I focus on the, the the positive. Before, I think maybe it's getting older. I don't know, uh, Barry. Maybe when I was young, it was uh, really uh, I don't know. This is, it's always the mistake that uh, that came up, and now I try to, like like they say, to to focus on the the jeu. In French, we say the jeu de, de to play instead of the enjeu. So uh, what uh, what could happen if something uh, goes wrong? Uh, so to, to, to be on the stage and to play and to enjoy instead of, well, uh, there's a certain person in the, and I don't want to do mistake because he, he or she is going to hear it. And to think about, about the jeu, to play instead of what could happen if you were. Is there something that you do personally before you walk on stage? to ensure that you play at your best? Uh, first, I have to play uh, early in the day. So it's important for me to play uh, like in the morning if I play at night. And then before I try to arrive, not too early to, to, to play a bit, but uh, I do stretch a bit, a few stretch uh, stretching exercises. And um, uh, thinking about the music, but being positive for me it's important to be positive to uh, if i'm with the quartet to talk with the, w with them and okay yeah happy laugh a bit and okay then okay we go on stage we know if we're well prepared it's going to be okay but at least to be on stage with a positive uh, attitude and try to build that before but the, the the to play in the morning it's important for me do you think when we play the conditions are always perfect no 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 <laughs> It seems in the practice room, we have a very controlled environment and we can get pretty good in the practice room. Yeah. And then sometimes on stage, things are not the same. Yeah. Do you have any tips for particularly students, I think, that can allow them to deal with all of the things that go on around the, the stage? Is there a way that people can be sure 
they can keep their concentration going and, and play really well despite the distractions going on. Yeah. I think a, a word that I use a lot is être surpréparé, over-prepared. So uh, uh, you're in your, your, your practice room, you, 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 everything is perfect. You, you are over-prepared. So if something happens that you're not, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah? Could you describe maybe the most unusual or the strangest performance situation you found yourself in? Ah, there's a few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no, playing in the, uh, mostly uh, very um, um, you know, uh, contemporary, but really éclaté things where you, you, you play in funny venues with, uh, I don't know, with other art mm -hmm. around you. And, uh, and sometimes, uh, oh no, that was very good. I, I played, that was very funny. I played a piece with the percussion. And I was driving like two hours, I arrived and I had to play right there. And in my tenor, I forgot I had all my reads and everything in my bell and start to play <laughs> during the performance, remove everything. That was funny. That wasn't a really weird con concept, not concept, but weird uh, concert. So everything fits, you <laughs> remove the reads. And <laughs> Is there a piece of advice that you could give to yourself, your younger self, when you were starting out? that you would have liked to have heard? I thought maybe be more focused on the music. But when I think about it now, I'm not so sure. But uh, before, yeah, I was, uh, um, uh, yeah, be more focused, do this in a very, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe sometime practice more. Uh, but now, now that I think about that, I'm not that sure about this. But I think still it could be a, a good thing. <laughs> in the saxophone world in general, what are some of the things that you have seen that have changed? And what are some things that just stay the same? Uh, change, for sure, with the, the, the younger people. Uh, first, the, the level is incredible. Uh, the repertoire is uh, uh, wider. There's more variety. Uh, a lot of transcri transcription are played uh, nowadays that I noticed. Um, and uh, I think it's, it's wider. People play more like, uh, I don't know, jazz and classical. At my time, it, you play classical and it was uh, like this. Uh, and the second one? The what has stayed the same? Stayed the same. Maybe for us in Canada, it's like the... the, the or in Quebec, maybe. It's like the, 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 the non... Uh, saxophone uh, as a soloist i would say in with uh, uh, the, the the big uh, orchestra and things like that this stayed uh, the same and it, it's not very good do you think that's something we need to aspire to do we need to be part of the traditional classical music world now i not so sure about that because there's a lot of things that you 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 can do and to 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 have a, a good career but I think it's it's a good thing to to if you can play a piece with an orchestra, it's a good uh, visibility and it's it's very good. But uh, if it doesn't happen, uh, well, you, there's a lot of things that uh, you can do also. Now, could you tell us something recent that you've been working on a project? Or um... well, uh, those days I'm working on that. Uh, I have a new uh, duo that we do with the piano, so uh, we. We, we play uh, modern music with piano. 
Uh, and I try to go back a bit to do a mix with uh, modern and uh, things that are, that uh, are uh, more traditional and uh, things like that. And uh, with the quartet also, we're working on, the, we have a big project, we have a transcription of Sac du Printemps, Stravinsky. So we're working on that with piano and percussion. So we do that, that uh, we would like uh, to play uh, in the 2020 year. That's the, the Rite of Spring. Yeah, Rite of Spring. Yeah, that's it. So uh, we do that and uh, it takes a bit of time because it's, it's not easy to, to play and to uh, play together. And that's uh, with the quartet, it takes a bit of time. I do a lot of orchestra also uh, playing uh, in Montreal. And uh, so I do that uh, quite a bit. So it's uh, all kind of things. What do you do if you're playing with orchestra? What do you do to prepare to go in so that you are, <laughs> it's a good way to say this, um, so that you're an integrated part of the orchestra and not the extra who comes in every yeah. now and again? I don't think, I, 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 there's an orchestra that I play often and I never feel that I'm really part. They, they, they're, they're happy, they're, 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 they're happy that there's a saxophone they're playing and it, uh, it's okay. But I always feel that uh, it's the, the, the black sheep of the... <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, I, I have friends that I know, but like as a member of the orchestra, I don't feel that much a member. Of, but it's okay. But other groups you do feel oh, yeah. a member? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. With, uh, especially with saxophones or uh, even when you do uh, more chamber, mostly chamber music that you feel more integrated. Now, where can we find out more information about what you do? Well, I have a website, jeanfrancoisguet.com, uh, and I'll have a new website coming in September. Uh, which, well, it's a rebuild uh, website with information, uh, like everybody, uh, Facebook and uh, places like that, uh, that uh, I write things, Instagram. But uh, my website has uh, things that uh, you, can, uh, you can find. Yeah. Which platform have you found to be most useful for for the musical side of things, for telling people about what you do? Yeah, uh, today uh, the, the 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 media social social media it's it's really, I think it's a incontournable. You have to 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 do uh, to go by there. So so we 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 do that a lot on the social media. Um, I like the web website aspect to to put things, I think, uh, uh, documents, uh, uh, CDs, uh, things like that. I think uh, maybe um, for me a bit more convenient, a bit more in my, <laughs> my, my, my days. Uh, Facebook, it's a bit uh, new for me. But um, that's it. With the social media, we, we, we do a lot of things. I feel like social media is more for the now mm -hmm. and a website is, can be more of a documentation and a, and a record of what we do. Social media platforms change, mm -hmm. as we've seen. Do you remember MySpace? Yeah. And if you invest your documentation in a platform which then disappears, that can be a problem. Yeah. I really like this idea that a website, particularly for musicians who have so many facets developing through their careers, as a real record of what they do and what they have done. And the documentation aspect of saxophone players I think is missing somewhat which is a shame we're rushing from one thing to the next and we don't always keep a record of what we've done and I think those things can be very interesting not that many people are involved in 
the collation of history and you mentioned you, you teach history. Um, I visited Paul Cohen recently and saw his collection of saxophones and there's only a few people I think that are really, um, that have that passion for collecting the history of what we do. Mm. I think it's really important. Yeah, it's important and only the, 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 let's say to make a CD, the physical aspect of the, the, the have a document, have something physical. Uh, we, we lose that, and I think uh, well, we say, why you do a CD? Uh, nobody listened to this uh, uh, today, but it's important, like you say, to have a document, something that is physical. Now, finally, you've made such an incredible contribution for many years into the world of saxophone and beyond. What do you see for yourself in the coming years? Well, I see... I, I, I feel myself like in uh, still a growing process. I don't know. I don't know if because I change a bit of my life and uh, I'm a bit rejuvenated. I would say so. Uh, uh, like uh, like this, uh, taking every opportunity, like I did when I was younger. It's not like okay, now I'm that uh, that age and boy, it's more like a decline. Or no, uh, still I want to do anything, uh, projects, uh, uh, and things with my students. I have uh, uh, older students that are really uh, good and really involved in a lot of things, and I want to to do that with them and not say, well, no, I'm, I'm not in shape to play with them, but I. I want to keep that level, and uh, until it will, uh, it will, uh, it will last. I don't know, but I, I'm that in my life. I'm in that space now. It's uh, I want to to. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I say maybe it's be. I should have done that before, and there's it is thing that I didn't do, and now I'm. Uh, but no, uh, it's uh, there's a fire inside. Jean François, merci beaucoup, and thank you very much for uh, sharing your time with me today. Ben, merci beaucoup, Barry. C'est très gentil, and thank you very much for inviting me. Just before you go, a quick reminder to let you know that show notes, any links, and a full text transcript are also available. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review for the show by visiting barrysacks.com forward slash iTunes. You can subscribe for a new episode each week, and thanks again for joining me and my guests on Barry Sachs' show.